That was a seagull, I think. It was a crow. It was a murder of crows. Alright, and, um, you know what? You, you know, know what? God dies. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah, don't worry. We're not doing Lord of the Rings again. I just don't have any fucking videos, and I'm tired of seeing Tony Khan hugging people. And then, you know, you, you know, that, you need to that, make a spooky video. I do. That's my next goal. Uh, but anyway, this is episode 214 of Big Trouble Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. And I am Andy. I'm Boogie Down. I'm Jazz. I like candy. Yes, if you say it five times, uh, mosquito-burned victim with a hook is going to kill you. Uh, now, if you say candy, Jazz, five times, I'll show up and doc-talk you until you get really bored. <laughs> Candy chess, candy chess. Anyway, uh, let's get into some uh, some things, things that we've been playing, watching, or doing. I'll go first. Uh, I played the beta for Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2. Um, it was fun. Uh, I was telling Andy before you guys came in. I was like, uh, it looks really cool. The third person, because I'm a big third person shooter fan. Uh, technically, it's third person movement, but when you zoom in, it's first person because. And it, it's weird when you do it at first. It's kind of like, oh, this this takes time. But you got to think everybody's having the same mechanic as you. So it literally kind of looks a little stupid because you like wait a second and then you zoom in and then you shoot. <laughs> so, I, so is the game by default in third person and that's it? Or is it a mode that you have to change it to? It's a whole uh, uh, mode. So you can oh, have, okay. yeah, it's like smaller maps and shit too. Um, mm-hmm. There's invasion. Um which is uh, you uh, and enemy uh, players online with AI people, computers, NPCs fighting with you to kind of do like battlefield, battlefield stuff. And then you could do one without the AI and do like a conquest where you take over flags, just like in Battlefield. I guess they're trying to compete with Battlefield since they had a shitty start. So maybe they're trying to take all the players and uh, come over there. And then there's like obviously hostage situation. Uh, there's knockout, search and destroy, and then you can do like a mosh pit of like all the uh, modes and stuff. Uh, it's smooth. Um, I I watch a lot of YouTubers that are just like this is trash uh, because I don't know the, the last games that came out. I guess they're not matching with Modern Warfare. I don't know. It's stupid, but I had fun. Um, it was fun hearing a toxic chat. That's my opinion. I love hearing deep throat mics and like yelling and shit. Uh, that's funny to me. Uh, but overall, just the the controls just feel nice and how you do the gunsmith as well. Uh, so I had fun. Other than that, I don't think I've watched anything besides these two horror movies uh, and and some wrestling. That's about it. Andy, what about you? I I had a turbulent week full of dentist and vet and going to a friend's house to play Pokemon cards and all kinds of stuff. So I didn't really watch or play much. I played some more Yakuza Like a Dragon. 
the end of that game is it it surprised me because it takes you to a whole nother city and i was like wait what so the plot's getting weird and serious now and i also um over the course of today watched a six hour action button review of uh boku no natsu yasumi it's hard to say but it's six six hour video about a game that only came out in japan again i know i talked before about the tokimeki memorial video but now this is more of the same this is season two of action button wearing my uh my action button shirt today thank you dubs truck hack i know it was a christmas gift yep which uh you had to give me my christmas gift at some point i'm kidding it's, it's here it's in a box so sorry I said. now <laughs> no, it's got your birthday gift in it too like it just Cream it full. It's, it's gonna be one big present. It'd be great. Yeah, I'm it. gonna wait till Christmas. You'll get a bunch of gifts all at once. <laughs> big ass box of December. What is yeah. this? <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, anything else? No, I just I just haven't had a lot of time. So it's been like piddly little YouTube stuff. And then today, my day off, I watched the Boku no not Natsu Natsu Yasumi. I've been practicing saying it so I can say it consistently, but it's hard. <laughs> I got a question for you guys, like on YouTube, like when you have stuff like uh, what you just watched, Andy, hmm. do you like a hundred or maybe majority of your attention is on that video or is that just background stuff while you're doing errands? I mean, as far as that goes, yeah, that's a hundred percent, but there's, there's tons of stuff on YouTube that, yeah, it's just background. Like I'll put on something like, I don't know, like uh, an AVGN I've seen before, mm-hmm. or like some stupid video of some jerk off opening Pokemon cards, or or you know nonsense, and then like go cook in the kitchen, or or do my laundry or vacuum, or or even just sit here and just web browse and not give a hundred percent of my attention to the actual video. But stuff like this, like the production quality on these action button reviews, to me, uh, exceeds television. Like there's stuff on YouTube that I think is just better than television shows at this point. That's why yeah. I don't have cable or anything. Yeah, you guys should do this. Like just any genre, by the way, because I was like, I, I want to watch some post-apocalyptic stuff because last week, I forgot to mention it, I watched A Road with my dad uh, the with uh, that post-apocalyptic movie and mm-hmm. also a book. Um, but I just like type po- post-apocalyptic short movie and there's like millions of it <laughs> that are actually good-looking and ha- actually have some good writing as well. You got to be a little careful. I went down the um, apocalyptic movie rabbit hole a few years ago, and uh, there's a lot of them from the 70s and 80s where there's just like no budget because all they did was they said, well, what can we film in the desert for free? Uh, mm. We can just get some shitty cars and drive around and talk about how the whole world got, got nuke exploded. Yeah. So, you know, go go for there's – a, there's a ton of quality. You just got to make sure you separate the wheat from the chaff. Oh yeah, well, there's uh, th- not post-apocalyptic, but there's one Marvel uh, short film that uh, I forgot the actor who was in one of the Punisher movies. I, I, it's lost my mind right now, but it's Dirty Laundry is the Punisher uh, short film that's on YouTube. Uh, it's really good, and it's just someone who was a fan. Ron Perlman was in it. He was a fucking uh, a clerk at a deli. <laughs> it was fucking weird, but. It was cool. I highly, highly recommend to check it out. It was like 15 minutes. Uh, Is it the but, one where he hits a guy with a Jack Daniel bottle? Yes. Yeah, no, that's, that's Thomas Jane playing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I had to uh, briefly go and uh, get a guest. Hi there. Say hi, Potato. 
Say hi. This is Todd. She... For our audio listeners, there's a potato and it's it's waiting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have a pet. It's a potato. It's not been cooked yet. Um, uh, just since we get to it too, she uh, she highly disapproved of the movies last night. She's very upset. But, <laughs> but yeah, she's currently scared and seeing ghosts, so I had to hold her here to calm her down. She's got the shivers. Oh, that's no bueno. But uh, before we get to you, Chaz, on what you've been playing, watching, or doing, Zach or Boogie Down, what have you been watching, playing, or doing? Been boogieing down. Oh shit! No, I uh, um, I started playing Bayonetta two because Bayonetta three is about to come out in like four weeks ish. And wow, is that is that for real? It's the end of October. Yeah, it really snuck up on me actually. <laughs> and I didn't realize that it was so old until I booted it. I'm like, it's been eight years since that game came out. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, you, I'm ready. And, uh, I'm almost done with Bandana too. I'm like, uh, chapter 12 out of 16. Uh, great game. It plays very, as far as I can remember, it plays exactly like the first game does. Okay. Um, Except for, with the exception of that crafting items thing, I don't really recall that being a thing in the in the first game. Um, could be wrong though. Um, I have been watching a bunch of YouTube shit. I, I I found another analog horror series and I like consumed it like pretty much immediately. Uh, it's called the Mandela Catalog, and uh, I don't. I don't want to spoil. I, I can't talk about what it is because it'll like kind of spoil it a little bit. It'll like you'll hear that and you'll be like, "Oh, okay." But it has to do with like altars. You guys ever heard of that? I mean, Mandela is in it. Does that have something to do with the Mandela effect or something? Not exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's called that because it takes place in a, a place called Mandela County. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a bit misleading. I don't know if he did that on purpose or not, but uh, probably for the search engines. He's like Mandela, and then they're probably like, "What the hell is this? Is it the effect?" And then it wasn't. It's possible he pokes fun a little bit, at, like little tropes and trolls, but for the most part, it's pretty serious. Um, but yeah, alters are just like there's a copy of you, a duplicate copy, and oh, it will it will chuds. it will kill you and take your place. It sounds like. Sounds like us. It's kind of, yeah. So sure, it's chuds. <laughs> but these chuds have a way better origin, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I watched. I don't think so. Um, what was it? Yeah. Other than these movies here that we're going to talk about. It sounded like you started Action Button, at least. Well, I started Action Button the first part, part zero. I finished part zero of it. So I'm like 20 minutes in. <laughs> I, did, I spent the rest of my afternoon doing yard work and decorating for Halloween. I know how that feels. Except for the decorating part. Well, you do it. Yes. With what? I don't own spooky go, stuff. Go fucking get spooky shit. There's no I'm going to go down to Home Depot and get one of them 12-foot skeletons. There, yeah. There's a start. <laughs> I always wanted to get one and have it sitting on the roof. I, I thought that would be funny. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do get it. it a giant sword. Get a giant foam sword. It can be one of the Dark Souls bosses. Just... Yeah, out you, of your, your roof. If, if there's a spirit Halloween sword up that way, they have like a uh, foam buster swords. You can put that duct taping it on its fucking hand or something. Nah, I don't want a bunch of trick or treaters dodge rolling all over my yard though. <laughs> why are all these? Uh, why are all these children standing outside praising the sun? Well, fire spells at them. Call them fools of tooks. 
until I get good. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, make all your treats dung pies. Gross. Just giving the kids bags of poop. It'll be fine. Anyway, Chaz, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Um, no, no, no video games actually. Uh, of course, as you guys know, I'm I'm doing lots of studying, so it's mostly study by day. Like uh, I'll answer test questions on different things. Oh, tight, you're fine, you're fine. You've got stuff stuck in your hair. And then uh, the other times, if I'm reading or I'm listening to an audio lecture or something, it's that. And then the rest of the time, if I'm been doing my spare stuff and just trying to reorganize, um, all these damn trading cards I keep buying. Um, so. Uh, while that's been on in the background, I I went back and started rewatching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I'm not really sure why. I'm just Move. it's like yeah, just watch it. I'm pretty deep again. I've already finished most of the series, but I feel uh, like every other year or so I do the same thing. Like you just kind of start it because you need something, and then you end up watching the whole damn thing again. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I just watched the uh, actually today one of the episodes I watched is uh, the episode where Mac finally confesses that he's gay to his dad. Does that like, episode it's like, is extremely good. It, it's what I was about to say. That episode is really good. Like for it's you know it starts out in the usual fashion where Frank's face is all fucked up and he's like mm -hmm. keeps holding the blood and it looks terrible and then he like lets it go and then the, his reaction to to uh, Max like interpretive dance and stuff. It's cool. Also that that season is just interesting anyway because Mac uh, what is his name Ron uh, Rob McElhenney I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he went through such a transformation through that series. Like he was in decent shape, and then he got fat, and then he got back in decent shape, and then he just got fucking jacked. Like he is, he is like fucking ripped in the last like, couple seasons of that that show. It's kind of kind of odd. And then what's funny is uh, while I've been watching it because it's you know it's streamed, so there's more recent commercials. I guess there's this series that's out now. It's a docu series about how he and Ryan Reynolds bought. Mm -hmm. uh, soccer team yeah yeah they, in wales or something yeah and it's like about how like they went through all the the hoops of buying it and then how the people don't really approve of it but some do some don't um as far as i can tell every reality show that takes place in britain is about how the townsfolk don't like it <laughs> yeah it's not like right. i'm, just, I'm thinking right. about clarkson's farm it's the same thing like all, half, half the town is okay with it and the other half like hates it yeah I mean, it's not too different here. If you if you had like a town here and you like did something to like completely change what was going on in the town, half the people would probably be like meh, and then the other half would be like ah, get your guns and be all mad. So uh, I don't know. But British people just have more way of expressing themselves. But um, the other you things that mate. I did though, I did go and, and uh, play uh, Pokemon. Actually, went to uh, a couple of events over the weekend that were like more in like the later part of the day after studying, and I actually won the first event I went to, and I got third place in the other one. And then hung out with friend, did some trades and other stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Just you know, beating up on little kids and and such. That so reminds me of uh, when Jeff Jarrett uh, went to a dojo and and started like putting kids into figure fours. Uh, for, a t for a TNA's uh, uh, angle and stuff. That's Forgot funny. About that. <laughs> it's not, not exactly the same, but yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking squirtle, fucking stretch or something. I don't know. Make it Pokemon themed. Uh, but other than that, anything else? No, I mean, to be fair, I did not make any children cry. So. I would. Um, I, I did piss an adult off, but. 
He's seen his comb his you beard. You piss someone off at a card tournament? That's so unlike you. Yeah. That's really easy. Usually just breathing next that? to someone will make someone upset in the shops. It's just how it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, these movies that we watch are pretty pretty good. So let's get into it. Um, <laughs> so, so Double Treat is the October that we're doing. We're not doing bad or worse anymore. Uh, so we're we wanna... indulging. We are yeah. indulging this time. Yeah, so we're doing a classic and a modern. Um, obviously, I said I think it was like 2000 and below New Year's. That's retro, um, and then or classic or whatever. And then 2000, uh, 2001 and up is modern. Don't ask me how I did that. I just wanted to be like, eh, let's do it that way, and that's how we're gonna do it. Uh, first up is for me is Phantasm Two. 1988. Um, I, Chaz, did you ever watch Phantasm 1? I mean, not recently. I, I've definitely watched the movies. As I watched the whole thing, like, this looks familiar. But I don't recall anything about the movie. But thankfully, the plot's not, not like, mind-bending. So it wasn't too difficult to keep up. Yeah, it wasn't too convoluting. And plus, they give you the ending again in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Where they're just like, hey, do you remember when the kid just fucking got taken through the mirror? Well, guess what? You're gonna see it again, yeah, and it's like Silent, a Silent Night, Deadly Night to it. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask this: Is the ending of that film like the the beginning of the what we watch, but it it just stops when he gets grabbed through the mirror and it goes to black and shows credits? Yeah, pretty okay, much. That's kind of what I thought. I, I kind of picked up on. It seems like they they thought they stopped him and then they pulled. Yeah, they pulled that ending. I always think of that as the. Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street ending. They did that a lot in their film series too, where you think yeah. you stop Freddy and then, as, you know, of course the first one's the most famous for it, where they get in the car and they think they're safe and then they find out, nope, they're still stuck in the nightmare. He's mm -hmm. driving the bus. Yeah. Stop yeah, bitch town. <laughs> they're, they're just fucked or something. Yeah, it just gets, it gets more and more corny, which that, that series it's in itself is a, a whole thing, but, it's uh, amazing. but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I picked up on like where we were at. Uh, and the first yeah. one is just like, hey, there's this tall guy, maybe alien, maybe just monster because he like his blood is mustard and shit. Uh, and then he like harvests dead bodies, turns them into like midgets, Ewoks, and puts them in little containers. And then there's these two rods that if you activate them, you go to like another dimension world where that's where all the <laughs> the, the hell demons are at or whatever. They go to Saturn. It, that was Saturn. You saw Beetlejuice, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's Saturn. In the sand pit. For some giant, reason, when I saw this movie, I just immediately assumed it was like a moon of Saturn or Jupiter. Titan. Yeah, it, it's Titan. <laughs> just... Yeah. So there's a. What's great about Phantasm One is like they throw that shit at you, and there's really no exposition, and you're just like, oh. But it's still cool because you're just like, what is the spear? What is this tall man? You have Reg here and Mike when he was a kid. Uh, that was a good chemistry. And even the, uh, in Phantasm 2, it's even interesting with this chemistry that happens. Uh, but I do have a question for you guys. So did this night even happen? Because when uh, Mike gets out of the loony bin... Uh, and he's like digging up graves again, and like uh, Reg is like, "Hey, you're 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 digging. You just got out of fucking prison, pretty much from the psych ward. What are you doing?" 
And he's like, you told them that my house blew up and there was midgets inside. So did his memory go like what or did it blow up? I have no fucking clue. I didn't like I, I hate to admit it, but I kind of forgot the first movie. And I was like, oh, good. They're going to show me what happened. But I, I don't know if I didn't pay close enough attention or what happened. But um, uh, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And then during that scene, I was like, what's going on? But luckily after that, it becomes we're going to hunt this guy down and kill him. And I was like, OK, now I, I get what's going on now. Yeah, the plot <laughs> becomes very clear after that. Yeah, the way I followed that was. It sounded like at first that he was telling them that that like it happened, but it was all a hallucination. Like the mm-hmm. fire happened, but there was actually a reason for it, and maybe they were hallucinating because there was a gas leak or something. Uh, I mean, I'm inferring a little bit, stretch it, but like he, he kind of made it seem like implied, like oh, well, you 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 hallucinated what happened, but it's okay. And then he had to come to terms with it when he watched his second house blow up. Because and... <laughs> I thought about it, like, well, what if it wasn't a hallucination? And this was just like a fucking big plot hole that they fucked up in writing. <laughs> it's like, or it actually did blow up, and he just fucked up whatever line that was supposed to be, and it blew up, and he rebuilt it. And then when he came back driving with older Mike, he's like, "Your house is gonna blow up," and then it blows up again. And I was like, "No, <laughs> it's fucking." Oh god, no! <laughs> I mean, families in there. I was trying to figure out like when movies and stuff were made, and it says here the first one was made in '79, and this one was in '88. But then they clearly go off and say something about it being seven years. But I, then again though, I wonder how much of that was seven years from when he was finally put in the, uh, the psych ward, which is a long ass time to be in a psych ward, to be committed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he'd just be completely off of his rocker by then. But I think they were just playing with the, how the first movie ended, how it pretty much made you think none of that shit actually happened at the end. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh no, my Mike, it was just a delusion. Your, your brother died in a car accident or something, something whatever, whatever he told him. And then mm-hmm. like the tall man gets him at the end. You're like, what the fuck? So what, what's going on? It I think real or something. Maybe. Yeah. Welcome think- home, boy. <laughs> Could you imagine a monster that comes out of mirrors? They'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't really put that together, but yeah. Good stuff. Um, uh, this whole movie is so fucking silly, but I love it. Like, it's it's outrageous. Like, when they're just like, we need to get the band now. And then they just break into a fucking store. Uh, like, a, I guess a hardware and sporting goods store with guns and shit. And they're yeah. just like, they, they build these fucking weapons, which are like two double barrel shotguns. Uh, and yeah, a quadruple barrel shotgun. It kicks it, ass. It built the Hydra for Resident Evil before Resident Evil ever came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where they got inspiration. Possibly. Uh, I mean, I could see that. The, definitely the body horror stuff was probably inspiration. Yeah. and So they, th- that whole scene was really fucking cool. And then there's like... Didn't they showed Detroit. Yeah, then Detroit. <laughs> it's so fucking terrible. <laughs> Or it's Cleveland. I mean, whatever. Are you, about the, are you talking about the desolate wasteland? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I have I have a question though. That's funny. He says, "I don't." They're in Washington, right? Washington State. They were, they're, uh, they're I think they were in Oregon. Well, I thought they started in Washington, and he said they headed. No, okay, never mind. So they are they're in Oregon the whole time, then, right? I think so. At, at some point, he says movie. they headed east toward the state line. 
and I was like waiting for them to be in a different state. And I was like, wait, were they in like Washington or Idaho or California or something? So I, I guess okay, never mind. It's just it's a misleading line, and I got confused because they never I'm really clarified. They just said northwest, and then he told them to hit, head back toward the east because they got a clue that he's heading back that way. Yeah, I mean they're clearly in Oregon at some point, and but he's also wearing a shirt at some point that's like Washington State or something. I don't know. I think yeah. I think they're from Washington. They went down to Oregon looking for the tall man or some shit. Also, that car is sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that car is sweet. Yeah, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And then they crashed it, and I was like, oh, this movie. Yeah. The biggest tragedy, the biggest loss of life was that Hemi Cuda fucking blown up. Yeah, fuck grandma. (laughs) Gives a shit at grandma. We lost the Cuda. (laughs) Uh,. Also, like, the plot uh, story, like, apparently uh, Mike and Jody, they have, like, this shining thing where they could talk to each other uh, because they're special. Mike and Liz. Why did so many horror franchises do that in the late 80s? I don't know. They just, I think people were, ESP, I think, kind of blew up Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, a urban myth paranormal thing back then. Because, like, the kid in Friday the 13th, four or five is like oh, a weird psychic seven, kid and seven. then they, the girl is that you talking about the girl that has the psychic powers that yeah like and then Jason? and, and yeah, then in the nightmare on elm street they're like they have a whole set of psychic children yeah and it's just like it's the dream warriors is that right yeah. is that the right one yeah yeah that was like a mid-80s thing like just basically like 1984 on through the rest of the 80s like kids had weird powers where they could read minds and use telekinesis and fight slashers I, it was fucking weird mm-hmm. uh and then they did like some freddy krueger stuff where uh the thing came out and like talked like the old uh old told tall man uh and then reg did this you know, he, he acted quickly. I liked what he did he's like fuck <laughs> this shit i'm burning this <laughs> There's several yeah. great shots of like reactions, people's reactions in their face and everything in this movie. My <laughs> yeah. favorite ones in the church, like after, <laughs> like they do the funeral service, then that that uh, the priest, <laughs> he's like drinking out of a flask, and he's just like, uh, "Forgive me, Lord, I must do this." <laughs> he takes out a fucking short sword, stabs the guy's corpse. Yep, and the old lady's back there. And she sees it. He turns around. Oh, it's like the weird perspective of that shot. I don't know what about it. Just makes it funny, but God, oh man, it got me. And then the weird plot story with the the old lady and the grandfather. She's like, I knew my grandfather was gonna die, and I knew the tall man was gonna come. Yeah. Uh, because apparently they're clair clairvoyance and shit. Uh, and, and I just want to point out uh, the hitchhiker um, that they pick up, Reg. Alchemy, yeah, alchemy, or just Cammy. I'm like, I spent the whole movie going. She's got to be evil. She's got to be bad. Her name is yeah. Alchemy. <laughs> okay, that that that's one of those things. In the movie is like, how stupid is Mike? Because the only time he's ever seen anything in his dreams that was that was like real, that was alive, was Liz. Everything else he had seen had been something that's dead that's being controlled by the tall man. Like it's very clear. And then alchemy, like you said, that's the con- it's the conversion of one material to another. I mean, it's very obvious that she's bad. Also, I got really confused. Was it even a dream? Maybe it wasn't her, I guess. But right before they find the weird, like they're in that morgue and they find the weird 
thing with the creature in his back and he sets it on fire. He sees a cadaver sitting on the table and isn't it her? Yeah, it's her. Yeah. That, that's so that's saying. not a dream. That just happened. No, he yeah. said he saw no, he said he saw that. Like like in his mind he saw it. Yeah, he he said he saw it in his dream too. Wasn't oh no no, that's what it was. It was uh he was walking on his own before Reggie called him out to come down, and so we found one and they're there and he sees it and then he turns around and it's gone. So he thinks that he hallucinated it. Yeah, like he um, just had like a quick flash or something. I guess like, maybe I missed that part then. Yeah, yeah, he he it's weird. And that's when he gets called downstairs and they find the the, the weird like doppelganger with like the, the fucking weird thing. I always think of that scene anytime I see shit like that. I think of that scene in one of the, uh, I think it's part four of the Nightmare on Elm Street series where he makes the fucking pizza out of people. <laughs> the, the fucking weird like sausage bits or whatever that are like people's souls. It's oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, I was thinking that. Man, the, man, man. Yeah, that's what I always think of. That's what that looks like. Fucking weird ass meatball. I love this grenade trap. He like fucking cut off the top of a fucking beer can and put a goddamn grenade with a string on the fucking window. No, my favorite part is when it blows up and they're just like, nobody... (laughs) Must have had a cat. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Reddy was getting that dick wet. He didn't give a shit. He was like, Was he... Like, is there a sex scene in this movie that where they have sex with their clothes on or what? Like, what was that? Yeah, I assume that was she... She was. They were having sex. I mean, that's a thing that happens in movies sometimes. It's like a sex scene, but they don't take their clothes off. But you're supposed to be like, oh, lol, they they boned. She had but, she, yeah. she had everything but her panties off. So yeah, almost like pulled, right there. It was one of those deals where he just didn't have he he couldn't like take the time to take his own clothes off. So he's like, well, I'll just like put it through the zipper hole or something. I guess one yeah. of those deals. There he is, Dubs. He's injecting the mustard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how we. That's how they make the. The soldiers, the the weird foot soldiers. Oh, the hot dog midgets. Yeah, the hot dog midgets. Well, you gotta mix it with tall man's fucking piss. That looks like piss in a fucking jar right there. That's from embalming fluid. Yeah, is this this is part of an actual embalming process, right? Like, or is this bullshit they invented for this? No, it's real. Okay, I I thought it. I knew they they de blood corpses. I didn't know if they put stuff in them or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what the appeal of what made a lot of this creepy because people just aren't really aware of what they have to do in funeral homes to prepare bodies. But like mm-hmm. sewing the lips together and and uh, like the embalming, like that, that's stuff that they do. Like that's real. Mm-hmm. I, I what annoyed me a little bit about this film is like remember in the beginning where Jody's like in her fucking uh, diary that has like storyboards from the first movie, and then her drawing like. Uh, the fucking gas mask guy and and just pretty much all the people that we're going to see in the movie. Was that like exposition of like new characters that we're probably going to see in the series? Like, well, we're going to get gas mask man, probably. And then the other mortician that like, <laughs> by the way, that that skit that happened with the spear and the, the mortician guy uh, where he's like, ah, I stopped you with my hand. And he's like, ah, it's stuck on the door and shit. That was like comedy to me. <laughs> I well, that that wasn't the funniest part. The funniest part is where the gas mask guy and Reg are fighting, and Reg is oh, like, ah, motherfucker, I got a chainsaw. <laughs> and the guy like grabs the chainsaw off the shelf and pulls it off the shelf for a comically long amount of time because it's a <laughs> massive chainsaw. And he's That's like, the oh, part that I, la- I laughed out loud really hard at that. That was uh, great. I did too. And then Reggie's face is all shit. Can we, can we take a moment to just praise? Uh, Reggie, which apparently the actor's name is Reggie Bannister. <laughs> so they, yeah. like, they didn't even change like the name. They're like, "No, nah, you're just me, Reggie." Hey, so that guy, that's total uncle energy. 
Yeah, I want that guy to be my uncle. Um, it's kind of a humor thing. Did you guys spot the the Sam Raimi reference? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck when I saw that? I'm like, and Mr. Sam Raimi. I'm like, that's got to be a thing. Yeah. That whole thing Dubs is talking about, the spear cutting his own hand off, that's like a total Sam Raimi scene anyway. They had mm-hmm. to be like a nod. I missed it. Was there somewhere where they actively had something that said that? Is, yeah. I, I must have missed it. When the guy was pounding up the, the little, what was it, teeth, right? Yeah, well, the bone remnants after somebody being The bone remnants, out. he was pouring mm-hmm. them into a bag. The bag was labeled Mr. Sam Raimi. Oh, that's neat. I, I missed that. Yeah. I didn't see it. Must be a friend or a fan. By the way, uh, this tall man here, I don't know his, his actor name, but... Uh, Angus Scrim. Yeah, well, Angus sounds like you've got to be like a horror character with a name like that. <laughs> he did the last one. Like, 2016 is the last Phantasm movie. And yeah. he was he was in it before he died. So some people were just always going to be a movie villain. Angus Scrim and the guy's like eight feet tall and scary looking. And then there's like Max von Schreck. He just looks like a vampire. It's like, I'm sorry, dude. You're just going to be a movie monster. The funny thing about Angus Scrim is apparently he spent like the first half of his career being like a comedian and shit. Huh. <laughs> Later, when he got older, he became like a, a supernatural horror film bad guy that's quite the heel turn yeah <laughs> uh in the undertaker of horror movies yeah <laughs> that's that true fun. uh these spears like again don't know anything about them but they're cool and they have lightsaber sounds <laughs> did you hear the lightsaber sound yeah when it's using the little laser thing and it like yeah. destroyed that rat <laughs> <laughs> Those things are fucking crazy and weird and futuristic. It, that reminds me very much of Hellraiser. Like that weird, like, I, I don't know. Just like, it's very odd like that it's, it exists. Like, that's what's weird about this movie. That there's a lot of mysticism behind what is, like, attacking these people. Like we talked before, like, is it demonic? Is it, are they aliens? Are they just from another dimension altogether? Like, what's the point of it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't really need to have a brain to follow. You ask too many questions and fall down a rabbit hole. Plus, there's a lot of logical gaps, so just like me. It makes me wonder if there is actually a comic book for this or a graphic novel, because... I'll bet there is. Yeah, I think there is, actually. Yeah, because you could do so much lore based off of those spears, these these midgets and stuff, and why these children have the shining, (laughs) pretty much, in in this film, where they could talk to each other. Why are they special? Uh, I love that the spears have fucking predator mode. Uh... And then slice off the guy's ear, <laughs> the priest. I, again, this happened in the first movie as well with the the head and stuff. Oh, that's boobies. I can't show that. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I was that was close. That was a close one. Oh boy. Yeah, where she uh, pretty much hops on his dick, which kind of looked like it hurt. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I think she was hurting him. Yeah. yeah, she she was trying to kill him. I mean, if if the green yeah. thing didn't go off, I think she was gonna try to choke him out. I love your head. Ooh, your neck. It's it, it's so fragile. <laughs> Just trying to kill him. Bizarre. Yeah, but I, I fucking love that dude. <laughs> Reggie's my was, favorite character in this whole movie. I was hoping because they go the whole movie, they build that fucking shotgun, and I'm like, you better use it. And they you almost don't. Yeah. It, it gets used once, and he blows away like fucking eight of those dwarves or whatever, and he just tosses it. I'm like, no, <laughs> get back up! You just annihilated a whole line of those guys. I think the way it's like cobbled together, it makes it difficult to reload. Maybe I'm not sure. 
I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just bullshit. That's kind of like uh, they, they. That's kind of like Mike's fucking nineteen eleven. He's got like this nickel plated nineteen. Yeah, he has it the whole time and just it never shoots it. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, me off. The one thing I don't get is a, another continuity error, and I guess that's why he made a bigger shotgun. But like when he was looking at shotguns, he's like, "You can't use that. We got to use flamethrowers." And like they still use weapons. Like Mike was still you know, sleeping with a gun. Like, if you're afraid of these guys and they don't die because of bullets, why are you holding a gun? But I yeah, guess it's better than nothing. I don't know, you, yeah. Having a gun makes you feel safe. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know why he said long guns are not as useful. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to say I hated Mike in this movie. Like, he was not likable at all. Well, uh, I he was kind of like the guy, the only guy that kind of knew what was going on that, that was driving the plot. That's kind of like what his purpose was. He, yeah. he was needed for them to have the reason to go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The real, real hero is Reggie. Come on, it's, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> um, but anyway, like uh, the mortician dies. They have that little fight scene that's funny. Uh, and then I, I, my favorite part of the movie is when they're going into the little portal thing and he's being grabbed by the midget. <laughs> And they're like, ah, I was like, I want to see more of that planet, but you don't. Yeah, you get to see the surface of Titan again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so great. I love it. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like that. That's, you can kind of sum up both these movies like that. It's weird, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, that looks interesting, but let's go back to the plot point where they're being chased by spears of tall man that's made of mustard uh, and uh, midgets that are just collecting dead bodies. And, uh, yeah. Um, and then I'm concerned it, about what kind of mustard you're eating. <laughs> that's pus. It's clearly pus. It's like green. It's, he's, it's, he's just like an infected scorpion lord demon. Aren't, I mean, you know how there's like different cheeses and they can be like grotesque or tasty? It's like the same thing. There's different kinds of mustard. There's I, I mean, grotesque, awful mustard. And then there's regular mustard <laughs> it's like yellow mustard like really thick yellow mustard <sighs> but anyway More uh, coupon, but fancy. But they think they're saved by a cowboy uh naked lady uh <laughs> cowgirl yeah oh yeah i'm sorry cowgirl naked lady oh chemistry 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 <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I the ending, like, when he says, check the casket, it was empty. I thought it was going to be, like, a a double swerve. Where like, oh, it's empty, and then it wasn't really empty because he hallucinated being empty. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, he's, no. He swerved you a different way. <laughs> they, they, kind, they swerved me a little bit because, like, she puts the, the window up and I'm like, how is this going to happen? Like what sexual favors is going to happen? And then she takes off her, uh, her hair and then he's freaking out and they all, uh, swerve all over the place. Uh, and then in this one, we, Reggie dies, I, I guess in this movie, it looks no. like it, but he's in all the others. So he's in all, yeah, the, other he, he's in all the other movies. So he's definitely not dead. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Amazon ruined that for me. I, the first thing that came up was Phantasm 3, and I saw his face, and I was like, oh. And then I, I saw this, like, well, bullshit, he's not dead. You know, there's one scene that's been talking about people who looks like they died. You're, when they crashed the, the CUDA, 
uh, and it was like Mike woke up and he he was like ejected like I don't know like 30 40 yards away from the car he was fine I was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah he, he didn't even up? like he didn't even have like a bruise no <laughs> yeah he, he has healing factor they didn't talk about that but see no he wasn't wearing his seatbelt but Reggie was and he was gonna explode see don't yeah. wear your seatbelt apparently that's what they're teaching you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was, back when, that was back when you could still drink and drive too <laughs> Back in the good old days. The good old days. Drink and drive, no seatbelt. Fuck it. Yeah, right. <laughs> fucking Billy Joel, the fucking tree. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, final thoughts. Did you guys want to bring any other discussion? I think we hit all the high notes. Uh, the only, like, the only thing that, like, if I look at, at uh, uh, as a critic, I guess the the downside is like the the. The plot is all over the fucking place, but yeah, the, if you're watching this movie for the plot, you're fucking up. Yeah, yeah, it's not Citizen Kane. You, you no, turn turn your brain off. Let it let it just happen and watch it. It's fun. Phantasm is a mood. You don't yeah. you don't watch it for plot. You don't watch it for analsis. You you just watch it. My question. I, oh, go ahead. No, you go. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, that's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say, when do you think it's gonna get like? bad do you think it's gonna get bad or do you think it's gonna be a mood throughout the whole series because i'm i'm still interested into continuing the phantasm i don't know it's hard to tell with a lot of these because some of these uh series is they tend to run off a cliff after two installments like halloween's a prime example mm-hmm. uh, but some of them don't uh, like friday the 13th kind of maintains its schlocky weird enjoyableness the whole time Phantasm seems like the kind of movie that knows what it's about and what it's doing. And I really think that it could even get better. I remember a long time ago, Dubs and I watched um, one of the Chucky movies. I can't remember oh, what yeah. it was. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be stupid. And we watched it and it I was, was right. Fun. It was stupid, but it was so fun. It was like yeah. so outrageously fun to watch and like lots of great horror nonsense and, and, and good kills. And you know, yeah. it was just, a, it was a blast to watch. And I, I, and that's the kind of thing that I think phantasm is going to lean into. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be like, look, this is what we're good at. We're not, we're not writing any Pulitzer prize winning scripts here. We're just going to make a crazy movie where some guy with four barrel shotgun fights a, a monster from Jupiter. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Take, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I just. It looked like the the movies just have big gaps in time and when they're made. Like you know, typically these types of movies are like the ones you you pump out every couple of years, but they're just big time gaps between when the because what there's five or six of these films, right? Yeah, I think there's five, uh, but five, yeah. I, they're all like indie, you know, like mm-hmm. small budget movies even back then. They're low budget, and again, they're just spaced out really far. We're talking like five movies made between 1979 to 2016. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a big gap. that's a big period of time. It's almost 40 years. And and there's people that want it, right? I mean, if they just came out in 2016 in that big gap, like there there is people that want it. So I, I guess it may never suck. Maybe it's just gonna be a cult fun classic to to watch. And I'm down for that. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, sometimes with this genre, I mean, not sometimes, almost all the time, don't try to, like, peer, peer ahead and look at, like, what do reviewers say? Because 
almost everybody hates horror that reviews movies. It's they they're it's reviewed harshly and unfairly, kind of like how sci-fi movies are. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta just trust your gut. You gotta like if you're interested in something, just check it out because you can't tell because these same people say like all oh, Friday Thirteenth's terrible. They're fun, like yeah. they're. It's not. I don't know. It's like th- those people, people that review movies, they look at it through purely just critical lens. It's like asking a basketball analyst to watch a pro wrestling card and, and ask them to review it. Like their review is probably going to suck, especially if they have no knowledge of it. But it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like you said, it's a mood. Mm-hmm. And 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 real quick before I forget, a little tidbit, at least my my own opinion. The Friday the Thirteenth movies are one of those rare series where not only does it the they they hold like that that charm of it just being so tacky in some ways, but I actually think the middle of that series is actually where it hits its peak. Four, five, and six are really good, in my opinion. It's, it, yeah, it's when it goes it gets a little weird after that. It gets it goes downhill, but four, five, and six actually is where it hit its stride. Especially six. Six is my favorite, but that's just me mm-hmm. all right so uh i mean i recommend this film what about you guys andy yeah of course zach boogie down yes chaz oh yeah absolutely all right well, well it's time to get into some modern uh so i picked in my modern candy man 2021 uh i went into this kind of negatively i was like it's a new horror they're doing another remake is it gonna suck surprisingly it was good i yeah does this movie um they're they're talking about stuff that has happened before is that the old Candyman movie yes. is this a sequel okay because i never saw the original and it's i was a, like is this new stuff or are they describing the old movie it's no, a the, soft reboot kind of a little bit yeah. They definitely take a different interpretation with it, but yeah, the actual story of how Candyman came to be is is effectively the same thing. It's from what I read, it's a direct sequel to the original movie. It ignores all the other movies that came after it. Yeah, so uh, that's so not... it's doing the old Halloween approach, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So like, uh, it it shows kind of the past. Now, I guess this is when uh is the original Candyman, this scene here where the kids no. doing the laundry this, or is this it... wasn't this wasn't in the original movie this is like some whole yeah. stuff totally new no no well, no i'm not saying from the old movie i'm saying is it the original candy man no it's well, not. no it, according it, to them it, the original candy man was like 1890s 18 something yeah oh yeah, yeah. The all that. That, that that's the whole point is they're always pointing out like that's why i like this movie we're, we're gonna oh. get for, like into this but they they hit on this like uh, really, really hard about the duality of the the horror in this movie. Uh, what were you gonna say, Andy? I said real quick. This shot, the opening credits, where they point. It, I think it's a camera pointed backwards off of a vehicle, upside down. It is so cool. I really <laughs> like this. They do that multiple times too, like to uh, to transition through the movie too. Like when they're, I think it's whenever. Uh, a couple times are their kills and it's like in the nighttime he'll they'll do that scene again where they just show buildings upside down and then they'll go back to the, the main character uh i like it too i did not realize it uh, initially i guess i just missed it i wasn't paying attention when the movie first started and i didn't know anything about this movie i don't know how i didn't um but i was watching it and i was probably like 
within the half hour in, I was like, did Jordan Peele have something to do with this? Yep. Yeah, and then I realized he did. I was like, okay, I can definitely tell. He's got he his own style now. I can tell it. He He's produced it, and he worked on the screenplay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's cool, though. You can tell when he touches something now. That's good. Yeah, That's you a good can tell. thing. And this, is, this is a joke that I made in Facebook, by the way, because uh, I was like, oh, the gay couple, it looks like John Boyega and Little Dicky here. Uh <laughs> I like and, a little dicky. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. But I, for some strange reason, I love those characters because it's like, I'm just going to call him Little Dicky, by the way. But Little Dicky is just like this fucking calm down weed head <laughs> that's, uh, you know, dating the sister, uh, uh, the sister's brother. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, fuck that Anthony guy. By the way, uh, the actor's Yaya something. He was Morpheus in the New Matrix uh, movie. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, was that him? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow, okay. Because looks, looks nothing alike at all. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing that annoys me, by the way, uh, people that wear hats like that, anybody that wears hats like that, it's like, are you really warm? Is your head is that area of your head really really cold that it needs to be worn like that? Hats no, like what? Like the hat that he's wearing over there, uh, Anthony. No, that's yeah. that's how you can tell somebody likes to smell their own farts. Yeah, that's that's what, the what, hipster. What the uh, knit cap? Yeah, the knit cap. Yeah. That's that's how you wear it. It's the hipster thing. He's, I wear them all the time. Yeah, he's a hipster. I wear it now. Do yeah, but it's like not time? it's not about wearing it, it's how you wear it. I, I see what he's saying. It's like yeah, I, it's my head barely, gets very like, cold. There's no air there. No, 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 no. You're, you're not listening. Look how his head, there's a little patch of his head. There's like all this area right here, like his, he sees here, and then all this fucking real estate. Is this just this area right here? Is just this area is cold and this is just fine? Can, can so you're, you do you're telling me you've never John once worn something because of how it looks. No, not like that because I want to be no, fucking man, warm. We just wear things because we need to. That's all I as oh, no, no, I, I've definitely, I, I mean, I'm not hating on it. I definitely have worn a hat before in a certain way or whatever. It's just like, oh, well, this looks stylish or whatever. It's just, it's just a style. I, it's that, that, if anything, it helps just further define. He's an artist. Also, like, yeah, I think that's what they're kind of going for. He still has his hair too. Yeah, actually, it, something interesting about how you said that. I'm glad you brought up the hat. He wears the hat at the beginning and there's a turning point in this movie anyway i mean he he kind of just transforms anyway with it's the whole thing at the movie spoilers for for those listening who haven't watched this but uh as he goes through that transformation the very first thing that happens before the first kill occurs in the film um is when that person calls him out for being an artist and says people like you are the ones that have that ruined the projects like this like he he breaks away from that identity he stops dressing he starts dressing less and less like an artist as the film goes on and starts dressing more and more like Candyman. By the way, that's very scene... subtle, very, very subtle, but he doesn't wear a hat anymore. If you watch the rest of the film, after the movie goes on, he drops the hat. Yeah. That's a good pickup. And also that scene, by the way, how it was written where like, <laughs> she was so quick to like, then again, like it sounded like she was being racist. Like, Oh, you people just coming here and, and ruining shit just based off of, you know, the ghetto and the projects and stuff. Uh, and then he's like, she's like, no, I'm talking about artists, like all you artists people. And I was like, oh, that was fairly written pretty well. The kind of show like pseudo racism <laughs> through this lady, uh, which by the way, 
that character seemed to, like important at some point and then just totally gets fucked in that building which by the way cool kill scene oh that's such an awesome yeah that is an awesome kill scene like the the shot where they're they're zoning out from the building itself and you just watch as she's being murdered uh mm. that's really cool uh, I like these uh, how they kept on going to the Candyman story about the baby and, well, and the, the silhouette animation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's, really it's cool. wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it's it is really cool. Creepy. Like Jordan Peele had to be the one to like be like, we need to do this. Uh, but yeah, what what's great about this writing is like how you brought up Chaz. Uh, you know, he's hiding his. It's a facade in a way. because uh, you get little Easter eggs. Because, like, the brother is not trusting him in the beginning a little bit. Uh, he kind of makes the snide remark uh, that his her, his sister is the breadwinner in this relationship since he's just an artist, you know, not making any money or not getting big in a way. And you're just like, oh, that's interesting. Like, who is he? To put down the weights and pick up a brush, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, there's also, like, this is one of those films, too, I think, again, you can tell Peel's all over it, and going back and watching it, I think, would be a good thing to do, because there's a lot of Easter eggs, but I can already think now about how very quickly in the movie, it's brought up when they're talking about uh, Cabrini Green at, at some point, he's like, oh, yeah, I was born on the South Side. Like, very, very subtle just says it. Well, mm-hmm. if you don't think it's important, it is very important, because it turns out he's not, he wasn't from the South Side. Uh, like, I thought that was really cool. This is also a thing where the movie had so many things going on. Like there were a lot of layers for what they were trying to say. Um, and it was hard to know if there was going to be some big turning point or anything. I thought the twist that happened toward the end of the movie was really good. I, like I wasn't expecting, like I wasn't looking for that or looking for some big plot twist. So I thought that was kind of cool that they, they were able to do that. This shot is amazing too. Cause he's like, this is him like looking at his, his home pretty much. Uh, and just ignoring it. Like, to our eyes in the beginning, he, this is where he used to live, but he's like, nah, this is not where I live. I'm past this, pretty much. Um, then you see this cool shit, uh, graffiti on there. What, what else do you guys have to say about this film? Like, what other... Uh, I fucking hate the art area, by the way. When this whole party happened, when I te- texted you guys on Facebook... I was like, man, this is the reason why I left New York City is all these snobby ass fucking people. I, I I think you're supposed to hate all these people. I think they're yeah. they're unlikable on purpose. They're all like scummy douchebags. Yeah. Especially this random kid that was at the uh art that we see later with uh, her hipster friends, by the way. And yeah. by the way, I, I did like Anthony's fucking art. That that out of everybody's fucking art in there, his was more his was more interactive with the Candyman and then opening up the mirrors and shit and then seeing, you know, the horror pretty much. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Well people didn't want to be creeped out by all that and it's all that all that stuff until until people start dying. And then it's like, oh now it's really interesting. But I mean, there's a, I mean, that's obviously the point though. I mean, again, they're in Cabrini. Like that's what they're talking about. Like the, the whole thing of them being gentrified and stuff, this area, this is where this is happening. That's that is the same place as the project. So part of the projects have been replaced. That government housing is still there. um, But a large part of it has already been worked around and they've started to build uh, a larger community around it. And that's exactly that system they're talking about. And uh, 
that's one of the only thing that's cool about this movie is that it's much more complex than okay people are just dying and there's some horrible demon or monster it's actually the real horror in the movie too kind of speaks about historically what's happened to people over the last hundred plus years and longer just related to how how these communities have been treated uh race class or indifferent whichever but it's it's horrible like those are that's actual true horror of the movie and if anything if by the end of it it's like oh well this is kind of like revenge killing it doesn't make it right but it's at least in some ways it almost seems justified i thought it was the only thing i thought that was a little goofy and a little off now keep in mind i understand that there's police violence that happens where uh, African-Americans get shot. But in this movie, they just roll up and start fucking blasting. Uh, and I was like, this, I, I know it's part of the story that is being told in this, because remember when the guy in the laundry met in the beginning of the movie, they all went into the fucking room and that's where he, apparently he died, uh, that person. Uh, and then obviously the guy is like laying on the floor uh, at the end, Anthony. And he has a hook. I mean, he does, I guess, technically have a weapon, but he's just laying there dying. Uh, and then they just come in and start shooting. That's the only thing that I just was like, ah, that's kind of silly. I get what they're trying Is to do. I mean, I don't want to get too too into that kind of stuff, but didn't didn't the police like break into some black woman's home and like shoot her in her bed a few years ago or something? Like, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, around the time this movie was produced, that's what happened. Was it Brianna? Yeah, Taylor? that's around the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, I don't want to get into yeah, the case because that's... the case the case says something different about that yeah well again but that's the whole point is they're talking about how these things happen and i get what you're saying too like again to a point again that's not taking any political side but again just from the perspective of a police officer if you knew you were looking for someone who was at large because you thought they were murdering multiple people and you were to walk into a room and it's kind of dark and you see them with the weapon even if they're on the ground i mean he had a weapon and they're like oh my god and then shit like yeah I'm not justifying one way or another, but like I could see how that becomes a very gray, like blurred area. Now, clearly, they they paint it in a different way because the cop gets her in the car and is like, "Oh yeah, this is what you saw." And if you didn't see it this way, I guess you were an accomplice. And she's yeah, like, "Fuck yeah. it, I'll show you. Hold my hold my beer. Fucking show me a mirror. I'll be an accomplice." But <laughs> the the way that the way that was written, I still was like, like kind of scared for the dude but rooting for anthony uh when he came out and like killed him that's, all, that's like, what i meant about revenge killings it's like you're yeah. kind of like oh yeah like you wanted that to happen you know th- that therein lies kind of one of my problems with the movie though is it's like a really excellent slasher movie and there's like people getting killed and it's like the art critic and uh the guy who owns the gallery they're like douchebags they're like scum and you don't really when they get killed, they like wronged Anthony. So it's kind of like, oh, they had a. Because in a slasher movie, any, even the smallest reason, oh, that person's going to get bumped off. No big deal. But then they set up this really cool backstory for Candyman where it's like, you know, the, an amalgam of all these vengeful spirits of wrongful killings of African Americans. And with the exception of there at the end, none of the killings are like in that spirit. Like at the end, he kills a bunch of like, you know, gun happy white policeman that's great but the rest of the movie where where was that whole motivation he's just like killing high school girls for no reason like yeah you know, pick a lane kind of a little bit it's still like overall i still really like the movie but it, they, they set up this really cool motivation and then don't do anything with it until the last scene well the thing that like confused me like obviously uh the the fat guy and the goth chick when they're like gonna have sex and then all of a sudden they get like Sliced and diced from Candyman. 
uh like in a sense they deserve it because of how like fucking asshole they are yeah. uh so i get that um that guy's so, acting was fucking terrible by the way i hated that whole scene yeah he's yeah. like this bitch gets fucking sliced open in in his arms and she's just real and he's, he's like, like inconvenienced or something is this real what the fuck <laughs> it's okay though because she has the new ring oh my god <laughs> Yeah, but what what I was going with this is like I, I guess you can kind of link when that uh uh that critic that was gonna like write a story because all of a sudden those two dead bodies happened in the same art exhibit and now she's interested in his work. Uh so I kinda get, you know, maybe why Candyman killed her, I guess. She's uh, a hypocrite, no. Yeah, but then there's not there's not anything with that though. The guy the guy that he sees in the laundromat later on in his life, his sister kills herself. Or, or she she gets killed by him by being in the bathroom, remember? Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Is like, Candyman is still just this embodiment of evil. Um, which I guess I agree with you. Like, if they are trying to paint this whole thing of that, it's it's more of a vengeful spirit that is trying to right wrongs or or is at least killing people in the in the sense of they don't deserve this, whether it's justified or not. Wouldn't make sense for them to just kill a random black person because they said their name five times in the mirror. Yeah, I think it's more like there are vengeful spirits and they have now become a force of nature. Like, like a weather pattern, a her, uh, an earthquake wouldn't care if it killed a bunch of people, but it's like mm-hmm. an earthquake that's brought on by the tragic killing of, of innocent people or, or something. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, there's also more to it than just simply being summoned by like the mirror thing almost seems like it's, it's like they tie onto that, but then that's not the only thing. There's not limitations because what happens to him? He goes to, to visit these projects for the first time before a killing happens. He gets stung by a bee, and that's what turns in that progression where he has all that funky stuff happen to his hand. Are like, the bees a thing in the original movie? Yeah, yeah. That that story, the story from the the story from like when this happened, and that's what's weird about this too, because I I looked into it as well. I remember watching Candyman when I was a kid, like, but you know, not in any sense that I thought, oh, this is like based on something real or anything. But the some of the, the stories that are coming from this are, are like a, like allegedly tr- like things that really happened. Like there really was a big story about someone who was putting razor blades in candy, and that caused people to freak out, like in the '60s or '70s, and uh, and people would like for a brief time like were terrified of Halloween, and there was all this nonsense there. And then uh, like the story about how the guy was beaten to death and tortured for an audience to watch and, and, you know, basically set up to let beasts attack him and stuff. That stuff happened. Like that's stuff that's allegedly reported that's happened. So it's, it's cool that it's, it's tying in history in that way, but it it does blur a line where you don't know what is 100% fact. Yeah. Uh, And then, then they did this like other plot, like, the plot did get a little messy at some point because then you're just like, oh, uh, his girlfriend, her dad, I guess, was affected by Candyman somehow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Did they tie that in at any point? Barely. Barely. I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if they tied it in to Candyman. I, I never got that it was a Candyman thing or if yeah. it was just that he killed himself. I, I thought he was. was just like a weird artist guy. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was just an artist and he killed himself and then like she's haunted by that. I think There's that was some throwaway line from her brother about like you don't need to be like hanging out with every artist that's about to have mental breakdown. Yeah. And shit. And I'm like, okay, why'd they even bring that shit up? It's like this is kind of like. I think it's just another weird 
weird, tragic, creepy thing. Maybe it's just like part of the the mood the movie's painting. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I think they probably needed a little bit more runtime because. <laughs> They're, they're, yeah, this movie's only an hour and a half. I was really surprised by that. They, they play a lot movie. of ideas and don't flesh out very many past Candyman. Yeah, I would have liked more. The stuff mm-hmm. that has to do with that. I agree. My, my like, uh, I was just going to say, one thing they get to a lot of this movie is they talk about gentrification a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't tell anybody what that means. If they don't know, they don't show it. You don't see what gentrification looks like. You just see empty projects. That's all you see. So to anybody, I mean, it's like there's empty projects. I don't know. Yeah, they they don't really they they give that they don't like try to beat it over the head. Which I, I guess I get that too because if I, that's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. Because yeah, based on when this movie's made, I and mean, it's just a year ago or so. But if you were to put it and be very heavy handed on what gentrification was, then someone's like, oh, you can use this as a platform to really talk about this, and it would have pissed people off. Um, Whereas, I mean, I feel like they did show gentrification. Again, the fact that an art exhibit like that that exists in the same area where a project is just dead right next to it, it like that's, again, that's the whole idea. They just don't really say it. So then you, you're left to infer that. And yeah, that all, all the characters are like rich artists and stuff. And it's like, I don't identify with these people at all. But Exactly, yeah. And that's what makes it hard. They're, they, they say at some point they're all still in Cabrini. Even like the high school shooting happens at like a nice school in Cabrini. It just happens to be away from where those projects are, but those projects are still just right there. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess for us to really like, it makes me think of how like all these other things. Like Huntington is much much smaller than like a large city or anything, but even in the same vein, they build all these things that, that are kind of nice around where they had the government housing that's right there, and then eventually it's like, well, this is a nice where we're gonna tear this down and maybe put a Whole Foods in. Uh, like that was the plan initially. They were going to put a Whole Foods in right next to the hospital, but it's just never happened because, you know, there's no money for it. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if that ever happens. But Yeah. Um, one thing that annoyed me is that that tape recorder worked for all those years. That battery just stayed strong. Yeah, I don't know. Battery would burst. Though, no. though if, you're, if you're in charge of archiving stuff, I think you would know to remove the battery. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, but it, she she made it sound like and I, it, I the librarian was just funny for no apparent reason because like she takes yeah. off her glasses and then he like gets out of there like Batman. He just grabs shit and he just fucking goes and she's like uh, and then he's gone. Then he has the episode in the uh, the elevator, which was a really cool scene, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um. This movie has a lot of really excellent, like creepy, moody parts. I, uh, I I kind of regret watching it the way I did. I watched it here at my computer instead of at my television, and I watched it just like with the lights on and shit. And there's a lot of like really moody moments in this movie that it probably didn't hit me as hard as they would have in like a theater. I don't know if I could have seen this movie in theater. There's too many. I freaking hate when movies do a scare punctuated by a soundtrack boom, like a loud noise. That's so cheap. It's so tawdry that they do that oh we got you yeah but you kind of cheated that's why if if a horror movie earns making me scared without going ah i got you then i I respect that way more this movie does that a few few too many times for my tastes Mm -hmm. i think this is about the point i i I could be wrong but i think it's here shortly after when he he gets rid of the cap 
like he starts again it's pretty clear it's like when he figures out what's going on and he starts like breaking down it's interesting though too like i felt like this movie goes by very quickly for that reason there it is yeah Cap, cap's gone he's right there actually it's, he took it off mm-hmm. and that's where his girlfriend finds it later yeah so when he starts that transition the I call this uh, Great Value Eldris Elba um, because when I first saw him, I was like, is that Eldris? And I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, but, like, you get backstory from him. Uh, I did not see his heel turn coming, by the way. Did you guys? No. It was, it was actually no. pretty interesting. Oh, this fucking... Because when he's all possessed and he's, like, going painting crazy... Uh... <laughs> When he comes home and he's like smashing mirrors because she's like candy man, candy man. I didn't understand her reaction to his paintings. Like I know they're like macabre, but he's an artist. What's the big deal? Yeah, she looks like she's like, oh my god, how could you do this? It's like it's just the paintings. It's like goddamn, have you never seen Francisco Goya paintings? Like what's wrong with you? Yeah, like (laughs) there's no reason. She like acts like he's like. I don't know. You ever look at Francis Bacon? Why are you like terrified? Yeah, well, her reaction to it just didn't make sense to me. I feel like being like weirdo art um, exhibition people, she would have seen weirder stuff than that. I the only thing I could defend her is that it kind of builds up where he's like starting to get a little too much about Candyman, uh, and then like. After he's been fantasizing about Candyman, using it at his art exhibit, kind of, and then going up into his studio and then seeing it horror, I could kind of see that she was, I mean, she could be a little, you know, concerned, but she acts like she, uh, well, then again, he, he did throw a fucking mirror on the ground and that would kind of be like a yeah, little weird no, after like her was, initial reaction is what i don't get but when he starts throwing mirrors around yeah i get it yeah, yeah. maybe i mean it. i i kind of get it uh, well i mean think about what they've built up her it's not much but like it shows that she's obviously been traumatized she's watched someone go through the breakdown of the point that they killed themselves as an artist and you know because all women are supposed to marry their dad uh she marries an artist it's going through a mental breakdown and on top of that, the people that she worked with and associated with have been murdered. So, like, it's all tied related to these paintings, and it didn't start until he started doing that. So, I, I kind of get it, but it's, I agree, it is, like, kind of sharp. Like, I, that's the problem with this movie. This movie would have benefited so much from 30 more minutes. I don't know yeah. what else they would have done, but they, they took some very sharp pivots because of the lack of time. I think that's why it's so frustrating, because a lot of the stuff that they have in there is really good. And I feel like if they had that extra time, they could have capitalized on it. Mm-hmm. They need more time to flesh things out, so rather than just leaving it, because there are a couple of loose ends where it's like, well, but it's still good. It just could have been really great. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the gay brother just this line right here. I told you not to start dating that dapper Dan ass. That. <laughs> 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 A fucking dumb no job. fucking job, son, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that, of humanology hobby. Yeah, and he just oh, keeps like, like fucking burning him, and she's, like in the beginning, she was like, "Yeah, yeah, all right, I get it, I get it." Like, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you know, she's being all sad. They're all getting high and shit. So, uh, 
this again, Andy, you brought this up with the kids. Like, what was the point of this? Did like, I, I think they just needed some more kills in their slasher movie. I mean, it, at its core, this is a slasher movie. This after yeah. this scene, it started making me think about what was going on here, where it was just like because I've seen the original, and then mm-hmm. I saw I didn't see any of the sequels, but oh, I, I don't want to like. There's, <laughs> I was get I was starting to wonder is like so does in this movie Candyman's only killed white people, like what's up with that like first, but then like they they fix that like a couple scenes later or something's like oh, okay because I was like all right because so, he killed everybody. In the first movie, it was just whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of Spanish, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Who knows? But I, I thought this was a good point of. I, I I thought this was a really good take of. Okay, well, even though Candyman is built off of this tragedy of 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 you know people being murdered uh, and there being injustice and whatnot, for, and historically, like the spirit doesn't give a shit. Like it doesn't matter who says it. If someone says it five times, they will die. It does not matter it's what time, color yeah. you are. Yeah, now, I, I think ultimately it is that force of nature thing. Mm-hmm. And and plus, I I guess they were kind of evil because they bullied that uh, nerdy black chick. So I yeah, guess they... that seemed tacked on though a little bit to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed kind of tacked they're, on. They're like, don't worry, they're they're bullies. Don't worry. I was like, I wasn't worried. It's fine. You didn't they're they're bad that. girls. They deserve to be slaughtered in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's rough too because like her, I don't they don't really you know show what happens, but man, she just is fucking gushing blood. The sound effects are what got me. I was like, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. It would have been funny, like you heard you didn't see the blood, but you heard the splatter, and then it just transitions to this. Like shit, what did you do in the toilet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but like imagine her, by the way. Her point of view where she's just li- probably she was listening to reggae, uh, and then all of a sudden, like hearing the pounding of getting thrown all over the place while there's like blood on the ground. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then actually seeing him through the mirror like that. I mean, yeah, that was, that was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really spooky that he like floats. I don't like that. It's too scary for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't recall. I mean, I'm just trying to remember because it's been so long since I've watched the original movie too. Um, Cause I remember watching the original and the sequels and stuff. I'm trying to remember was was it dead set that he only like could be seen through mirrors like that in the, the those movies too, or the original at least? I don't really recall that. Uh, I didn't remember that as much either. I think it's a really cool gimmick. The, the mm-hmm. first killing in the art gallery, I freaking oh. love that scene. It is so cool. Oh, it's so quick. Yeah, that that first the first kill, the, like the, when he just very quickly cuts her neck, it, it is it is abruptly changed. Okay, this is this is a murderer. This is a slasher. Um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then they had th- this scene where, like, oh, I heard what happened to you. You, your dad killed yourself, and now all those tragedies are happening. It must boom. Business must be booming for you. And I, I was like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. I, I don't know. I didn't get the scene. Uh, I do have a question to you guys. Why isn't anybody in the hospital worried about the whatever's growing on one half of his body? By the way, well, he says they fixed him up when he's talking to his mother. Yeah, they think it's like an allergic reaction or something. At first, it kind of looks like that, and then it just uh, it quickly is obvious it is not an allergic reaction. I'm wondering uh, why the fuck he took so long to go to the hospital. Right? I, every <laughs> scene, he's like poking at his hand. I'm like, go to the fucking hospital. God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
at one point when you guys said something about can't eat pepperoni for a while and it first shows yeah. like when that wound is there and it's like oh that looks rough you, you need to get that checked out no you want to know why i was eating a pepperoni pizza while i was watching this movie uh, and then he mm. fucking peeled it like it was a pepperoni and then oh, i said i'm gonna like eat this later fingernail floats Ugh. oh yeah there's the fingernail and then i mean at least you weren't eating it during the fucking meatball coming out of that girl's spine Real quick, another nice um, I was eating when film happened. design thing when he's walking through that that tunnel or whatever and it's pouring the rain. I love the sound design in that scene. Yeah, what the mm. fuck? It's crazy. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. Um, crap, there was something I was going to bring up, but I don't remember what it was now. I lost it. It was right before we started talking about the hospital stuff, but that's okay. And So we get this reveal that dun, 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 she stole him? <laughs> was that the thing where no 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 oh, so the, uh, the that he was the child that was abducted in the story they told the original oh, story. okay yeah. but it turns out the the tale that's that's the whole point too urban legends always get twisted around right so the urban in legend was yeah. yeah the urban legend was that woman went crazy and she stole the baby but they got the baby away from her and then she killed herself what actually happened was the candy man decided to use him as an example and was going to sacrifice him to the fire and she saved him she sacrificed herself to save him. He was the one that got away. He was the boy that lived. He's Harry Potter. He's a wizard. <laughs> you're a Candyman, Harry. You're a you're Candyman. <laughs> and then he goes into sad sad boy, and he's like, "Fuck you, ma! I'm out of here." And he just leaves. And he goes back to the his origin, I guess. He's uh, like upset about where he was born. I. I'm, I'm sorry this is apropos of nothing but I, it just reminded me of um the episode of king of the hill where hank finds out that he was born in new york and texas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you mean i'm not from texas <laughs> peggy i told you to wait in the truck this i have nothing else this scene fucking freaked me out by the way uh where she gets like kidnapped and she's pounding on the door and that lady's just doing her laundry, listening to music. That's fucking terrible. I got terrible. confused from like the the cutaway from that scene to the next. I was like, "What?" And then like, "Oh, okay." She got knocked out and taken to that church from the first movie. It was just like it was so abrupt that I I lost track of what was going on for like a few seconds. Yeah, and they cut to this, which is a flashback of the the guy from the very first scene as he's a little older. So does he, he just like, does he fantasize about Candyman or does he uh, or is he being like uh, controlled, I guess, by Candyman? I, I think he just fucked up in the head. Like, I think this is one of those things like once it's like it pierces into your mind, it's it just it's just there. He, he talks about that. Right? He talks about how. Um, oh, shit. What's the, the analogy he uses? Uh, uh, it's actually right here. He's talking about a stain. About how sometimes the stain is there, even when you wipe it away, it's still there. That's the point. It's like mentally, these people are, are corrupted or stained by Candyman, and it doesn't go away. And they talk about how the projects are left like that permanently. And again, it, like the, they they talk about it. It's just it's all in like these references and and analogies that you have to put together, ah. uh, which makes it kind of hard. That is rough to watch. They just like I'm gonna cut that hand off. Not even though, yeah, the the cutting off, but then when you stick a fucking hook, that's in, what got me. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's pretty fucking rough too. It's art. He, he, he did look. Art. He did look badass though. 
after like the hook inside of him and then putting on the Leon uh, Resident Evil 4 jacket. Yeah, I like that jacket. <laughs> I was like, oh, I like the hard war jacket. <laughs> I was expecting somebody to complain about tryptophobia. No. Nope. What? No, what? what? No, what? It's like where? a it's like a phobia where people don't like it when there's like a bunch of holes in something. It freaks them out. Oh, um, no. He had it all over his skin. Oh, yeah. It made, it made me uncomfortable, but then. It's like people get there's some people get really freaked out about that shit. Like it bothers them a lot. I just want to fill all those holes with liquids just to watch them fill up. Anyway, I'm weird. Uh, By the way, great shot of the mouth. Whatever. That's from it's from the first movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they Uh, do another tie into the first movie, too, but we'll get there. You're almost there. By the way, the transition from, you know, when she was just showing in at her art exhibit, then getting captured by this guy, it happened really fast. Again, another hour and a half movie just moving on by. There was like no resting in this movie at all. Mm-mm. It was just constant. And what is your guys like? Is he still like in the middle? Like he's still Anthony, but still transforming into Candyman here? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole ordeal has probably affected him a lot and he's still you know he's still his mirror throwing crazy self but he's not candy man yet because there hasn't been this horrible tragic projects killing yet yeah he hasn't been killed yet yeah he's still there but i mean he's clearly like there's no going back either and then it happens exactly the way that uh what's his name it happens exactly the way that burke says it's gonna happen which is kind of frustrating because it's kind of like the bad guy wins, but it's not. Mm. Uh, by the way, the scene where she's in the car, the whole time where the cop is looking through the mirror, I was like, oh, man, she's going to use the mirror and take Candyman. And the way she says it, by the way, because the cop is like, what the fuck? What are you saying? Candyman? Huh? Yeah. The fuck is that? Huh? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I like the scene, too. Yeah, and I, I got confused a little bit because when uh, one of the officers are coming out and like screaming and all these like blood is squirting out and shit, you don't see Anthony right away, but you see the cops shooting in that direction. Yeah. I'm like, they, they, they just shoot their own guy? But no, it was Anthony. He came out and stuff. And then obviously, you know, they killed uh, the cops. And then obviously, the last cop gets, he, he runs and then he dies and shit. So another thing like that confused me a little bit, I guess, because there's still Anthony inside of him, but he's free. Is she part of the horror now with Candyman? Are they like a duo? Are they tag team? What's going on here? No, she's just a part of that new urban myth. Yeah, I mean that's where he says that. This it's what I was talking about the old thing. Like his face actually changes, and it's the actor that played the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they yeah it's CGI, but yeah they. Oh, uh, I wondered what was I was like, who is is that supposed to be the guy who was originally yeah, killed? Or... That that's the original. Uh, that's the guy that originally played Candyman in the first movie. Well, that's cool. But yeah, it was a neat little callback. But he says tell everyone. But that's also a thing, like about how this urban legend is supposed to be spread. Is that Candyman? I think there was like one other movie where that kind of happens where. It doesn't end with him directly being killed or, or dealt with like the t- typical slasher. Rather, he lets someone live to go and tell the story. Like, that's just a thing that, that happens with this, which is kind of neat. 
I wonder if we're gonna get a Candyman too, because I, I you, you could do more movies with this. I think. Uh, well. but but then again, <laughs> I can't trust Hollywood go past one <laughs> anymore. I, they just want to force sequels for stuff that doesn't need it. Uh, mm. I think they could with this, but I'd rather see something new. Yeah. I also I don't know what direction given how you took this film, I don't know what direction you go in because like it's very difficult to decide what a sequel would even look like given the story that was told. Again, it's it's the fault the one big flaw of the movie is there wasn't enough time to flesh things out. Another film isn't gonna flesh that out any better. Mm-hmm. It be a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. It just follows around the gay brother now, trying to fight the revenge of Anthony. Nash, or... 200 years in the future. <laughs> Jason X, the whole thing. Oh, man. Candyman in space. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I recommend this film. Even though there was, like, some, you know, too too much quickness and just some things here and there that I was just like, ah, but the, it's moving along. I don't care. I, I still thought the shots were good. The sound was good. The kills were good. Uh, but the, the some of the plot is a little messy. Uh, so I recommend Andy. What about you? Yeah, I recommend it too. It's just uh, it's a very well shot movie. Like uh, whoever was in charge, the director of photography, whoever that was, nailed it. Guy's the hero of this movie. It looks fantastic, and the story is pretty good. It could have used some breathing room, like we all said. But yeah, mm. I recommend it. Zach, what about you? I'm gonna do a split down the middle thing because I didn't really like this movie actually. Oh. Well, <laughs> uh, tell me the the uh, some of the bad things that you didn't like about it. Um, I didn't like almost any of the characters in this movie <laughs> to start. I didn't like, uh, and I, I'm not saying all well, you know you can't ever have like. I understand that in a lot of slasher movies, like characters are stupid or like you're not supposed to like them. But it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier pick a lane. You can't make this like real serious social commentary bullshit and then it's still a slasher and you're supposed to still just hate everybody because they're stupid. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not the right vehicle for something like that. And that's what I kind of feel like this is, is they took Candyman the vehicle and took it down a ride to some other lane. And I just, I don't like the direction it went in. Gotcha. Um, Where was all this when we were discussing it? I don't know. I, <laughs> I didn't really, that's all I would have said anyway. That's I, I said what I needed to right here. <laughs> we were too busy jerking it off. You guys were too busy jerking it off. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of problems with it. Yeah, we I'm did. A, I don't. I don't think. I don't know. I, I you seem to like. You all seem to like the writing and the story a lot more than I do. Uh, yeah, I I think there was a a lot of social commentary that uh, usually that type of stuff that I would roll my eyes with if it was too overpowering. Um, but again, the writing they did it good. Where I was like, yeah, I get it. But also, this shit's happening. So this is a cool kill scene. That's how I looked at it. I didn't go. You know, the projects and. You know, roads are racist and all that stuff and how highways are and stuff. Like, I don't really care. I didn't get into that because that's not my thing. Uh, but the It's not my thing either, but I mean, yeah. goddamn, how many times can you hit me in the head with white people over and over? Is, you know, like. True. <laughs> but 
it, it wasn't it, it it didn't go too crazy in my opinion as far as that and that's what i don't, like, I don't hate it i don't hate this movie i don't care for it and if you you like it that's fine and honestly it, it is shot great uh it looks great mm-hmm. uh, i just i don't like the story and the direction they took the this this uh franchise in with this movie but given like after about 10 20 minutes of watching i'm like oh jordan peele had something to do with his didney yeah he did and i'm still iffy on him and his movies yeah but the gay guys were cool that's the only (laughs) they're kind of funny but they're also really grating and irritating to me so i don't know i don't know man little dicky's cool he likes weed uh Uh, chaz what about you final thoughts and uh recommend or not yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm halfway between where you and andy stand and where zach stands so i mean i'm overall i'm gonna recommend it but it's it's still like well this is fine to watch but i think it all depends on what you're looking for like if if you're truly looking for just like a typical horror slasher film where you can just watch it without having to put too much thought into it. I don't think I'd recommend it to you if that's the specific thing you're looking for. If you're looking for general recommendations, I think it's still fine to, to watch. Um, it's definitely the weakest of anything I've watched that Jordan Peele's done, which I've not watched his entire catalog of things. But I, I think the problem is, is that the movie's strength is also its biggest weakness. This movie is designed to make you think about more than just simply seeing a group of characters that you kind of care about slowly get chopped up in awesome kill scenes or people that you don't care about that, that get killed in the same way. Um, and it doesn't need to pick a lane and it doesn't, it benefit more from time because things would flush out and it would seem a little more cohesive. Um, but I do like the fact that it makes you think because that's different. Um, I mean, I think that Jordan Peele's movies in general have done that where you had to think about what's going on and that's not typical of the a horror movie. Typically you're able to just watch it and take it for what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like if he wanted to, I guess it's like the original Candyman did kind of touch on some of this stuff. Uh, it was it didn't go terribly far in depth into it, but there was oh, some. It, but I mean, it is very, very, very basic. Like very in the sense of like they literally explain what happens without putting any context of hey, there was this horrible this horrible thing that happened to someone and it's been going on for years and it's all tied to race. They just say, no, a man was killed and it, he was killed in a humiliating way. And now he, he's vengeful and he goes around killing people for it. Like that's kind of how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like this might've benefited more from just being its own story rather than being attached to candy, man. Cause I don't know. That's got its own set of expect. That's its own ball of wax kind of thing. Yeah, but my suspicion is a studio said we want a reboot of Candyman, and then they found people to put because that's been happening a lot lately. That Invisible Man movie that came out, it was the same thing. It's like, look, we're gonna make this movie and we're gonna find people to do it. It's just Blumhouse and like some some competent filmmakers were the ones who got to do it. So like the movie was okay. But there's been a lot of other instances of reboots and soft reboots and stuff where the studio said look we want a ghostbusters movie and we're gonna get it made and so they found people who wanted women in all the roles and and didn't care about quality they cared about other stuff and yeah so i think that's 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 i don't know this for sure but that's my guess they said look it's been a lot of years we want to make another candy man that halloween uh 
later reboot sequel did really well. We want to do that too. And so they talked to some people and they got Jordan Peele to produce it. And this is what we got. Oh, the the problem with Hollywood today is they don't, they're not creative anymore. They go off of trends. Um, If they see a hot trend happening, that's what you'll usually see in media. Well, that's where the, 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 it's it's just money. Like people like to think um, they're motivated by, oh, we're going to make a great story. We're going to make a story that tells the, the, plight of black lives matter or something no it's just money it's just Candyman is a known franchise and they attach some people to it that are known names and they made a movie that could make some money yeah i mean that's the whole reason there's a new Candyman, and just the fact that it's a halfway decent movie and some of us kind of liked it is a blessing frankly oh yeah Yeah. my my main thing is if you're going to use a franchise and i'm gonna like pivot to gaming a little bit Every time when you think of remakes, right, you think of, oh, it's going to be like a carbon copy with better graphics. No, I like what Capcom does with Resident Evil 2. They reimagined what Resident Evil 2 is doing with the same plot and the same thing with Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's the same general plot area, but like it's reimagined and there's some new things that are added on there. I'm going to spoil that game for everyone. Final Fantasy VII Remake is not a remake. It's a sequel, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't played it, it's not actually a remake. Uh, sorry for those who haven't played it. You've had some time. It's like four years old. Right. Not two, but, but whatever. But it's like, if you're gonna use, like, yeah, I understand if you use like a Star Wars or if you use a Candyman or a Friday the Thirteenth, you're using that name, that franchise for money. Um, but I just wish somebody had fucking balls, like Jordan Peele in a way. Even though I know Zach, you're you're not high on him. But he does take his movies and try something. Like, Nope is a prime example where I'm just like, what he did in that movie that is like HP Lovecraft and other shit that is applied into that movie is kind of creative of what I want. Look, even if Nope was a bad movie and I didn't like it, I would still really respect it because it's a brand new story. It's not Mm -hmm. a remake. It's not an adaptation. It's a brand new thing that he made, that he wrote and he directed that's and it just coincidentally it's a great movie so yeah. good i mean yeah, and I, you hit the nail on the head though it's again it's lowest common denominator and that's the same with gaming it's whatever is going to get the most buys is what you're going to do it's safe it's, uh, it's corporate it's safe it, it's safe yeah. for like again it doesn't matter how creative it is or how many awards it wins the bottom line is how many people buy it people already know the name last of us it won a hundred million awards so we'd better make a sequel we'd better do a remake we'd better make a movie we'd better do a bunch of stuff with this known name what do you mean we should spend this money on making something new we took a chance on last of us and it did great now we're not going to take any more chances why not that's stupid i mean the the average budget now on a on a triple a game is like over a hundred million dollars so why would you? I mean, if you think of it in that perspective, strictly from that perspective of how much money you get to spend as a risk when you don't know you're going to get your investment back, like, do you yeah, blame someone for not taking your chance? You can yeah. either, look, you're at a roulette table and Last of Us or Star Wars or something is like, it's paying five to one and nine of the spots on the wheel are that, that spot. And then a unique thing like a brand new story it pays 10 to 1 however it's only one of the spots on the wheel and the movie studios are saying well we just want to make money we're going to do 9 out of 10 every time every time every time every time and then every once in a while 
the other one comes up, your Ghostbusters or something like that. And then it doesn't quite pay off. But for the most part, they're making money hand over fist, making these safe bets. And it's destroying the film industry. Like film filmmakers talk about it all the time. I guess like A24 and a few other production houses, Blumhouse, I think is one. They're the only ones kind of taking chances anymore. Yeah. And a lot of people are really upset about that, which with good reason. I mean, I've heard like Kevin Smith talk about this. And frankly, you know, fuck him anyway, because all he <laughs> does is like, you know, suck the dick of Star Wars and everything else and make and it cry. free. Oh, good job, Kevin Smith. Wait, think outside the box, you fat ass. He's not even fat anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and what's sad is like these triple A's, like they they need like a hundred to five hundred to maybe a billion dollars in their fucking movie, but then like you give some indie director what like fifty thousand and he makes a decent movie, like a, a prime example. And I know this is not I can't compare Rod Sterling, uh, Twilight Zone, um, with like Marvel or something because they're totally two different things. But he he literally had like. They weren't giving him the budget and they had to do scenes where it was literally in one room and he made it work where I was like, oh, this is an interesting story that he's written that I don't really care about if there's no fucking uh, cool effects and shit. The dialogue itself, it sells the story for me. Yeah. Well, you might like it though, but how much money did that make? Like that's that's the point, and yeah. that's the argument for these corporations. I mean, again, you look at these these large Marvel movies that finally came together. They are in the top five or top ten list of greatest uh, grossing movies of all time. Like, how can you argue with that? Who gives a shit how many awards it won if the money is what you're chasing anyway? I'm not saying it's the right thing by no mm -hmm. means. Like that is not the right goal if you're looking for the creativity. Like uh, and. But that, that's the perspective of these companies. Their goal is not to make something creative. Their goal is to make money. And if that's how they do it, if, if it worked out that being creative and being different was the way to make the money, then that's what they would do. It just so happens it's not. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. what it is. I hate it. But anyway. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Chaz, you're up next in the double treats. What's going to be your uh, classic and then modern movie for us to watch and to talk about next week? All right, so we're going to take a couple turns. So um, I, I figured I'd pick polar opposites of things to watch. So we're we're going to go back to some good old body horror in Hellraiser 2. Um, so for anybody that's listening or watching the follows, um, if you haven't watched the Hellraiser series, boy, you're in for a treat. I would recommend you watch the first one because it does tie in. You need the story. But fortunately for all of us, we've watched the original Hellraiser, which is a great cautionary tale on why you shouldn't just have random sex with anyone. But, uh, but, but Hellraiser 2 is a whole different beast, um, and it's going to get fucking weird. Uh, and then in my modern take, uh, we're going to spin it off to a different genre and go into the comedy side of horror and watch the movie Club Dread, which is a, a broken lizard film. If you're familiar with Super Troopers or uh, Beer Fest, uh, these guys made a horror movie, and it's it's pretty fucking hilarious. Nice. So remember to watch those movies and then come back and we'll talk about it. Uh, I don't think we have any news, right? Nothing. I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. So let's let's end it here. Um, getting some color is gonna get postponed because uh, a hurricane's coming, uh, and I know. <laughs> There's a hurricane coming through. Is that a wrestling reference again? God damn it. <laughs> he did. He managed to make it the rest. Can, how about this? Can we at least say 
that we are likely postponing and we can just wait and see what happens because weather's fucking weird. Like, let's say you have everything you need. You're not out of water and electricity. You know, we, we could still potentially do the show. But I'm fine with it otherwise saying it's postponed. Yeah, I, uh, majority, because it is making uh, a direct hit, I'm probably going to lose power. And internet's going to be flashy for a couple of days. And I don't want to watch try to watch wrestling tonight and tomorrow uh where it's like going in and out uh not saying it's going in and out right now but tomorrow it will something's uh, going in and out yeah <laughs> uh, uh bazinga uh or it's funny it's, yeah. uh, yeah. it's said bazinga because the word that i thought of was coitus so thank you for that <laughs> yeah so it's it i i I'm just going to postpone it ahead early because I don't want to annoy myself and then do bad quality. Because uh, I think, Chaz, you're not going to be on this episode, right? Because you have something going on. If we well, did have it. I wasn't sure um, if I was going to be able to make it or not anyway. Um, but, I mean, I'm fine with if we postpone it and we do it next Thursday. That's fine. Or what do you, if you guys uh, want to do it, it's up to you uh, without me. But we'll save that for after the show. No, we can uh, we can officially postpone it. We 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 don't need to confuse anybody listening. We'll we'll we'll, we'll postpone it till next Thursday. No big deal. Okay. Yeah. And, and a podcast to surpass Metal Gear. We still need to finish the second one. Uh, if you want to catch a live recording of that, uh, that's still in the works down the road. It's coming. Also, yeah. there's this project coming soon. Yes. Uh, I'm actually gonna. My goal is to finish Resident Evil Seven this weekend. I'm gonna fucking power through it. Uh, and and then DLC over the the week, but probably uh, when I get done with Resident Evil Seven. But until next time, everybody, I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Don't look in mirrors. Or do it.